You guys, we are halfway through January of 2022. My name is Erica, and you are listening to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. If you're new to the Let's Be Real podcast, The whole goal and the idea behind let's is, you know, us inclusively working on something together. Be real is just being authentic, being honest about our faith, about who we are, about our struggles, being honest with the world, but also being honest with ourselves, which can be very difficult to do at times. So I'm glad you're here. So if you were with us last week, episode 73, I was here with a friend of mine, Jessica, and we were talking about buffering. And what buffering is, kind of this mechanism that we kind of employ to avoid in situations. When we need to get these things done over here, we maybe avoid them (laughs) and do lots of other little things around them. I'm so good at it. If that resonates at all with you, there was quite a bit of online dialogue over this podcast last week. So if you haven't listened to that one, feel free to jump back after this episode and listen to that because it's going to tie in a little bit, just a little bit with what I'm wanting to talk about today. And that is goals. That is the new year. I always come in with all of these great ideas and goals and dreams and plans. And I really do only get so far each year, hoping this year is different, hoping that I can be really truly honest with myself and address the issues that are causing me to avoid and to not just continually move forward in the direction that God has planned for me. Some of my goals, I need a new website. I'm going to make one myself. That's not fun. It's very putsy. I'm not great at it, but it needs to be done and I'm not paying somebody else. So, you know, like that really takes some motivation for me to actually want to sit down and spend the time. Who gets daunted by the things that are going to take a lot of time? Anybody else? I like the ones that I can get done real quick, short and sweet, feel accomplished. Yay, look what I did and move on. So that's going to take some time. I have a goal of adding a blog page to that website, a calendar, so that hopefully one of my other goals, I can engage more in public speaking and meeting with you guys in person and just encouraging you along your growing learning path and partnering with churches and ministry. I have a lot of goals that just keep going that are similar to that. One is reading the Bible through the year. So last year, if you were with me in January, Oh, I, we were going to read through the Bible without a plan, plan. And I was just going to post random scriptures online each week with the podcast. And that's what we were going to read. And we were going to get through the Bible in the year. I would like, yeah, I had great intentions. I think we got in six weeks and then it fell apart. So I am doing the U version. Feel free to join me. Read the Bible through in a year plan by the Bible Project. I had a friend comment about it early this year, and I started it, and I love the videos that accompany the reading plan, and I finished Genesis. I think I'm six days ahead because the stories are so good that I just turn it on, I hit play, and I listen. And I listened to the story of Joseph, one of my favorites. So Joseph takes up the better part of the book of Genesis, chapters 37 through 50. He's a character that gets more attention in the book of Genesis than anybody else. And it kind of makes you go, huh, interesting. Why does he get so much? Like, this is a scroll. These were handwritten scrolls. There's a lot to the story of Joseph. And he's sharing space with 
characters like Abraham and Isaac and Adam and Noah and Jacob. And then Joseph comes on the scene and he gets like a lot of press time, if you want to call it. And it makes me go, huh, that is interesting. I already love the story of Joseph, but then it makes me step back and go like, okay, so what is it really trying to tell us? One of my goals this year is to learn to be a better studier of the word with a focus on the attributes of God and who he is. I don't want to just read the Bible looking for the things. What is my application today? Now, the Bible, it is living. It is active. There is application. This is how God works and pours into us. But if I'm only looking for application for me, I'm also missing the story of God himself. That is my goal with you this year, is to walk through scripture and seeing not only what there is for us to take away, but to see God himself in the story and what does it teach us about him. Now, the story of Joseph is one that is used a lot, focusing on God's divine sovereignty. One of the popular verses is right at the end, Genesis 50, 20. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. This is Joseph telling his brothers, like, hey, it's okay. He offers forgiveness because God had a plan. You, kind brothers, chucked me into a pit and sold me to slavery. You did what was evil. But God ultimately was in control. He is sovereign, which is a great reminder when, for me. I'm thinking about all of these big goals in 2022. Like, God is sovereign. He has a bigger plan. A plan that I may not know anything about. But there's this quote by Elizabeth Elliot that I came across just this morning that really resonates with me as I've been thinking about these goals and ideas and plans and dreams that I have, that I also buffer around, that God may have other plans. That in the end, I need to focus on the perspective that he is sovereign. To pray the prayer, thy will be done. Elizabeth Elliot's quote says, to pray thy will be done, I must be willing, if the answer requires it, that my will be undone. Think about that. Are we willing to pray a prayer that says, God, I just want what you want, even if it takes away what I want. If it undoes the things that I'm planning, dreaming, making goals about, you are sovereign, Lord, thy will be done. God's sovereignty is a major theme in Genesis 37 through 50. And Joseph himself, he intends us for, to interpret his life in light of God's providence. We see that in Genesis 45, 1 through 9. Go take a listen. Read the story of Joseph. Play it. But we don't want to just take the story of Joseph and use it as an illustration of God's sovereignty although it is a large figure in the story, this is also a big part of the storyline of Scripture. This is the story of Genesis. Joseph's story, it actually highlights how God's providence secures God's promises. There are so many threats to the promise of God that was made with Adam and Eve, and then with Noah, and then with Abraham. We've seen threat after threat. We see family division. We see violence. Have you heard of Cain and Abel? This is kind of threatening. These are the kinds of threats that we see threaten the seed's survival, this promise of a seed that will come to save all nations. 
We see unrighteousness. We see intermarriage with foreign nations that threatens the seed's purity. We see a global famine that endangers the entire covenant line. But in this story, God uses Joseph to resolve each of these recurring problems that are taking place in Abraham's family line. So instead of exacting revenge, we see Joseph reconcile with his brothers. He forgives them and restores family unity. We see Joseph settle his family in Goshen, shielding them from foreign cultural influence. They kind of have this little safe haven among themselves. And Israel develops a nation without dangers posed by that intermarriage. Joseph preserves his family and the world, quite frankly, amid a severe famine through his wisdom, through his administration ability. Through Joseph, God is reversing this curse. He is unraveling violence through forgiveness, unrighteousness through righteousness, and hunger through wisdom. Genesis 37 through 50 shows us how God fulfills, at least in part, the promises that he made to Abraham back in Genesis 12. Through Joseph, Yahweh blesses the nations. This is where we see for the first time the command be fruitful and multiply, which we've seen multiple times throughout scripture. This is where we see it come to fruition is in the land of Goshen in Egypt. Eventually the Pharaoh's like, wait a second, they're being too fruitful and multiplying too much. This is becoming a problem. Slavery for you. I need to keep you under control. So this story, this is about God's promises, but this is also about his divine providence, how he comes about fulfilling those promises. The author, Moses, he keeps Joseph center stage in Genesis 37 through 50. I mean, this is the story about Joseph. I mean, this is Joseph in the Technicolor dream cult. This is a popular story. This is a great kids movie. But in the story, truly the main actor is God himself. It's not just about how Joseph fulfills the Abrahamic promises, but how Yahweh keeps his covenant and he fulfills his promises through a rejected but royal seed. Hmm, think about that. This covenant that he's made, it's secure. He is a faithful God. The covenant's secure in the hands of God, who can sovereignly orchestrate the actions of evil men for his good purposes. And through Joseph, God is reversing the curse and fulfilling his promises to Abraham. The Joseph story, it's not just the last story, the biggest story in Genesis. It's the resolution to this Genesis story. And it's really cool when you start to look at these stories of Scripture in light of the whole storyline. Joseph, he's a favored son, right? He's rejected by his brothers. And yet through faithfulness and suffering, he ascends to the highest throne in the land. Sounds a little similar to somebody else I know. Now this story just gives us these ideas, these pictures of providence, promise keeper, if you will, a very popular song. But that's something for us to dig into what really is providence, what really is the importance of being a promise keeper. And we dig into those because that's what that st- this story is showing us so that we can learn more deeply about God, what he's like, who he is. And that increases our knowledge of him and hopefully our love for him. Now, if you haven't heard the story of Joseph, take a listen, read it. It really is interesting when you try to picture what could this actually look like in real life. It's like, huh, this was hard stuff. These were really hard parts of life. He went through a lot and God used it. He used all the struggle and all the pain to fulfill 
promises. I have experienced God work through people to answer prayers. They have no idea. He uses each and every one of us as his hands and feet in this story. The story of him and in his purpose and spreading his goodness. Keep that in mind as we go about our goals and our planning and our new year and all the things. And we have these pictures and ideas and exactly what they're going to look like. Life doesn't always look like exactly what we think it's going to look like. Actually, for me, most of the time, I've learned to stop making plans because it really almost never looks like what I hope or what I plan. Like, my days are just like, oh, I had that really well mapped out in my head, and almost none of it took place. Thy will be done, Lord, which means I need to be willing to surrender mine, knowing that you are sovereign and have a better plan, but that you have providence, and you will fulfill promises. And if I'm a part of that, sweet... I pray that we can all take the opportunity to just evaluate and be honest about our plans and our goals because that's what January is so big for. I mean, come on, they might fizzle out in two more weeks. But in the meantime, hoping that they don't, let's think about our goals, our plans, surrender them to the sovereignty of God, and then really just think on this idea of God's providence and what does that mean about him and the fact that he is a promise keeper.